Hello, yeah. everybody, and welcome in. Also, to there's just going to be an extreme podcast. <laughs> Something happened. There's going to be extreme background noise in the episode, and it's unavoidable. So my apologies, but there's a village outside of my bedroom. Door, well, it's, so. dude, it's a very rare occurrence that there's background noise. So totally fine that it happens this once. I'm honestly, first of all, I really appreciate you saying that. Second of all. I'm surprised to hear you say that because there's actually frequently background noise, I would argue, but I'm, I'm happy to hear you don't agree. I don't think I've ever heard background noise on your end. I'm trying to that's, remember. I mean, that's great. Maybe I'm, I just, I must just be insecure about it because I feel like there's been several times. <laughs> Bless me. I sneezed if you wouldn't mind blessing me, Tommy. Justin, make that the intro. Hello, everybody. Welcome in to the Let's Talk Fantasy Football podcast. I am your host, TJ Lett, here with my co-host, J.R. Lett. J.R., we are done with the regular season of fantasy football. How crazy is that? Week 13 in the books. It's playoff time, baby. And it went by quickly this year. I mean, cliche to say it goes by fast every year, but really can't believe the regular season is already over and we're previewing the playoff week one matchups in this episode. Crazy. We're here excited, love previewing playoff matchups, probably one of the best parts of recording this podcast best parts of fantasy football in general when it gets down to those those crunch weeks in the end uh as they call it everyone calls them crunch weeks but i mean obviously there's downsides to the playoffs tommy but ultimately a way better league format than when we originally had the league and it was just total points for the whole season because then it's just it gets lopsided quickly and people give up but i don't know are, are you nervous being one of the top couple seeds you and louie and dan up there all it takes is one week for a, a six seven or eight seed to to take down one of the top dogs yeah it's a whole new season three-week season nothing else literally nothing else matters once you make the playoffs it uh it can be it can be a scary thing uh like you said especially for for three teams that have pretty much dominated all regular season all it take all it's going to take is one bad week it could easily happen, and uh, so it is a little scary for sure. I think I, I I speak for myself and hopefully for the other two as well that I'm I'm extremely confident in my team, and uh, you know whatever we'll happens happens, it, dude. But I yeah. I spoke it into existence. A TJJR no, didn't week one, speak it into existence. Your team is trash, and so you fell to the six. I spoke it into existence. I'm I'm basically Lavar Ball. I just went out there and I spoke it into existence, and here we are, dude. Here we are. The hosts of the Let's Talk Fantasy Football podcast are facing each other week one of the playoffs. Couldn't write a more dramatic story than the one we've got unfolding right before our eyes. Our, ours, our eyes. No comment. Oh, whatever, um, dude. I'm so over you and the season you're having, oh. and... We will get into our matchup when the time comes. Please do not jump ahead to it. Whatever, dude. And with that, 
Let's go ahead. You know what's hilarious is that uh, Moore just caught a 60-yard touchdown pass for Seattle, and Tyler Lockett remains receptionless. So that is I found that pretty hysterical. <laughs> that is super funny. Um, yeah, so Seattle is winning 27-17. The third quarter is almost over, and Tyler Lockett does not have a catch. Anywho, we will keep an eye on that fourth quarter as we record, but I'm going to get right into the matchups that didn't really matter this week, and um, and we'll go from there. I'll start with mine, my matchup versus Greg because it was the most meaningless matchup of the week. It was a bye week for me. I couldn't change in seeding. Greg was already eliminated. We had a great battle, and Greg's team put up a great fight and could still technically beat me. He's down about three hundred, sorry, 550, and he's got Diggs going. I've got Metcalf going. Uh, great week from Jason Witten. Amazing week from James White, 3370. Uh, but Greg's season is done, a valiant one last showing, uh, but uh, we're not going to go in-depth into his team this week. We're going to save some time for those playoff matchups. Jack, kind of run-of-the-mill week for me. Uh, I was projected for almost 15000 uh, so I am well under my projection. It is a below-average week for me at 13522 amazing as that is to say. Um, yeah, I don't know. It was a... It was really a well-rounded performance from my team outside of Jameis Winston, who had some bad luck in the way his game went. Two touchdowns were ran in, um, and then they had a defensive touchdown, and they got up early on those on the Jags. So uh, he he moved the ball well. He threw the ball well, just didn't get those touchdowns. So I'm not sure there's really much to to look into there. I'm not not going to panic with him. But Devonte Adams had a cake matchup. He took advantage of it. Mike Evans, another down week. Julian Edelman has eight straight weeks of over 1,000 points. McCaffrey, one of his worst weeks of the year, still puts up 1,370. Miles Sanders completely takes advantage of his stranglehold on the backfield in Philly right now with Jordan Howard out. He puts up 1,900 against the lowly Dolphins. Darren Waller was back with Renfro out. I'm liking that. Metcalf currently in his game. And uh, Young Hoku and Green Bay, formidable weeks. Uh, So... I liked what I saw for my team this week, and uh, I don't know. I guess we'll just – you can comment on it now if you want to, or you'll save all your comments for our playoff matchup preview. I'll save my comments for your for the, the playoff matchup preview, but last comments on Greg's team. Mike Williams from the Chargers had a few awesome catches in that game. Really talented guy, just someone to keep an eye on next season. Interested to see what the Chargers quarterback situation is, but Mike Williams could be a very viable fantasy option. Uh, he's super young alongside Keenan Allen in that Chargers offense. James White, I mean, the man got 3370. He hasn't been incredible this season, but for expectations, I mean, certainly incredible. Always counted out, ignored, but Mr. Reliable, just the umpteenth year of fantasy production for James White. And then last word, Ronald Jones only getting 80 points. I want to say... I want to tell the Tampa Bay Buccaneers running game to flip off family friendly show. So I'll, I use those words politely, kindly flip off because Ronald Jones was the starter, but now Peyton Barber 
last game got a ton of work. There's just no rhyme or reason. I can't stand when coaches just flip-flop, flip-flop, flip-flop. The second one guy heats up, they just throw in the other guy for no reason, even when whatever. Okay, I'm over it. Enough is said, but congrats to Greg on a respectable season. I mean, he does, the, his team is not as bad as the 2-11 and record says. Um, well, you would like to believe that. Okay. And uh, we'll get into that in All a right. little bit. Let's move but, on. Uh, Let's move on. His his team was bad, and uh, All right. anyone we'll that move scores on. in the ballpark of his team also has a bad team. We'll move on. So moving on. Speaking of bad teams, let's go to your matchup versus Justin. Oh, uh, Justin's team is fine. Kankles <laughs> took down OJ Pads in a major way. Fourteen thousand nine hundred fifty-four for Justin. Eleven thousand five hundred forty-eight for you, Jack. What a monster week from your team. You have to be ecstatic right now that they put up that kind of performance. You jest, but happy with the product we put on the field. Um, Of course you are. You know, I picked up up (laughs) the Texans, uh, got 900 points against the Patriots. I wasn't playing them because I like the Patriots. I like their their matchup against Denver in week 14 as well as Tampa Bay in week 16. So I picked them up. Whoa, spoiler, 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 Um, dude. Anyways, uh, so that's why I picked him up, I'm just saying. So I'm fine with it. I, I get it. I, was, I get it. I was prepping for the playoffs. But other than that, I mean, and Ryan Tannehill, who I also picked up for the playoffs, not for this week, uh, my wide receivers crushed it, and my running backs were were solid. So I was I was happy with my team this week, uh, as well as two you know big performances on my bench. So I'm okay with it. Now, Justin's team, yeah, it didn't matter. If I put up a respectable week, because Justin was monstrous, Patrick Mahomes. Let's almost a two thousand. Let's clarify: eleven five is not a respectable week. Uh, so, but continue. Okay, Kenny Galladay twenty three eighty, huge against the Bears. Not a great matchup, but fights through it. Alshon Jeffrey, great to see this twenty four twenty. Welcome back from injury, Alshon. Jack Doyle putting up sixteen thirty in the tight end position. Love seeing that. Not sure how sustainable that is, but. Uh, Justin Tucker, oh my gosh, with a game-winning field goal, gets 1,100 fantasy points. Just love seeing that. I mean, Justin Tucker, I know Justin drafts him early every year, but honestly, it's worth it. He is sensational. The Rams, 25-50. I mean, that's a, that's a huge defensive performance against a, an abysmal Arizona offense. Really looked bad this week. Uh, wasn't expecting that much of a trouncing from the Rams, who have not looked good. But yeah, I mean, really, really impressive performance by Justin's team. Uh, not much else to say. I mean, even if my team had, you know, I'm fine losing this one. And I'm looking forward to, like I said, I spoke it into existence and I get to match up against you. Really awesome stuff from Justin's team to a really respectable way for him to end his season. Goes out with the bang, uh, this is the kind of potential his, his team has had all year, especially with Mahomes at the helm. Galladay and Jeffrey have both been great. Jeffrey especially when healthy. Uh, injuries have been a problem. But, yeah, really good stuff from Justin's team. And uh, sad to not see him in the playoffs. This is, I feel like it's worth mentioning, this is Justin's first year since he joined our league in 2013 that he will not make the playoffs. So, he has never made much noise in the playoffs, but he has always made the playoffs. And, uh so I know it's disappointing for him that he didn't make it this year, but 
great fight this season, Justin. And uh, I would also we'll see you next. Se- we'll see you next year. Like to mention, last point on my team, Rashad Penny on my bench, who was a brilliant handcuff to hold, by the way, with two thousand three hundred and ten points, just absolutely vulturing points away from Chris Carson. Do you have any comment on that? Please play Rashad Penny next week. Please do. I would love it. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> Brian versus Drew. <laughs> oh, fantasy football, man. Huh? Three cheers. Hip, hip. Fantasy football. Drew takes down Brian 12,738 to Brian's 10,056. Brian's going to fall to 3-10. And uh, an abysmal season for Brian. I think the worst season I've ever seen Brian have, record-wise. Uh, I not would have no idea on the point total. He had put up a pretty respectable overall point total on the year, but... Just a bad, bad season for him. It comes to an end with a loss. Drew's team is looking really nice right now. Devontae Parker could be crucial to Drew. He puts up a monster week. 31-40, 7 catches, 159 yards, and 2 touchdowns. Absolutely torched the Philadelphia secondary. Michael Thomas has his first down week of the year with 780. Calvin Ridley, another fine week. Derrick Henry, who is now the running back 3 on the season with 22-10. Running back three, Derrick Henry ended up after the regular season was over. Incredible. He has been on an absolute tear uh, the last season plus, and especially the latter half of this year. Kenya Drake was disappointing. Travis Kelsey was fine. Will Fuller, immensely disappointing. Drew's going to have some decisions to make in that flex spot for sure. Uh, but I am I've, I see a lot of things to be happy about if I'm Drew. Again, I want to say most of, most of the analysis for the playoff matchup, but any comments, uh on Drew's team on his week? No, I mean, I think uh, I'll just, I know you asked me about Drew's team, but screw you. I'm the host. Uh, Brian's team tough with injuries towards the end of the season. James Connor, AJ green, never coming back. And then Marlon Mack going down later in the season. Tough to overcome, but do you, do you pay attention at all to anything? What? Brian has had AJ green for maybe a week. Okay. That's fine. Louis had him for most of the season. Okay, well, the other two, then. Okay. <laughs> I'm just like, you say some things sometimes, and I just wonder if you're ever paying attention. Okay, what? Because I don't I don't have everybody's full roster memorized, you brainiac. Well, sorry, a I, good sorry, podcast I would, host sorry, would. Sorry, I part of Mensa, okay? Sorry, I don't have, <laughs> I also don't have all the routes to Ticket to Ride memorized, you psychopath. <laughs> Um, okay. okay. <laughs> Uncalled for. <laughs> Last <first> call. <laughs> Last call on Drew's team. Uh, I mean, Devontae Parker, who saw this season coming from him? Um, just an absolute dynamite in the wide receiver position. Alongside Michael Thomas and Calvin Ridley, I mean, Drew's wide receivers are pretty rude. Uh, Curtis Samuel as well can slot in there, so my goodness. Um, Here's what I'll say, though. Well, we'll talk about it in the matchup. So, no, nothing nothing more to say here. Derrick Henry's a beast. Great. Yes, he is. Uh, let's move on. Jack, we're going to talk about Louis' matchup versus Anna. Louis is going to end up taking Anna down. He's got 13,244. He might not get any more points because apparently Tyler Lockett didn't want to play football tonight, and Dalvin Cook is probably out for the game with an injury. That is something to monitor moving forward for Louie. My God, that would be absolutely terrible for Great him. Great timing. Uh, true. Very, very good timing for Louie. Um, 
Anna puts up what she, I'm sure, would categorize as a not-so-great week. For you, it's one of your highest scores of the season. But she had some good stuff happen. Uh, Watson was amazing. He had he, – he threw for a touchdown, three, by the way, and he caught a touchdown as well. He caught a touchdown from – also on Anna's team, DeAndre Hopkins. That was a really cool play. Cooper Cup finally got back uh, to being good. Todd Gurley was amazing. DJ Chark was super disappointing. Aaron Jones was very disappointing again. Goddard was fine. And Tevin Coleman was supremely disappointing. Jack, if Anna had been able to take Louie down, she would have made the playoffs. And it's been that kind of season for Anna. I think for Anna, even more so than Brian this is one of the more frustrating seasons I've ever seen someone in our league have. The potential of Anna's team has been there all year, and they've shown it three or four times, and just the consistency was never there. Uh, Aaron Jones, who is a top four running back on the year, has had too many games with under a 1,000, and it seemed like anytime Anna needed a big week from him, she didn't get it. Coleman is disappointed more often than late, more often than not lately. And I just, like, she's got three top 10 wide receivers on the year, or at least the three wide receiver ones on the year for sure. Like I said, top five running back. She's got a top five quarterback. Like, the pieces are all there for her. And it just never worked out. She never got the points in the weeks that she needed to. And, uh, but I want to give a shout out to her team because I think this might be the best four and nine team this league has ever seen. Um, so shout out to Anna. I know I, you know, I jest and oh, Tommy and I jest. Your team sucks. No, it doesn't. My team is good. I mean, we can all agree on that. We're all on the same page. But the reality is, I mean, you look at Anna's roster and no one wants my team instead of hers. So. It's just a complete result of poor luck, her schedule versus my schedule, um, you know, fluke weeks, big weeks versus down weeks. But, I mean, as a roster, top to bottom, Anna's team is really strong. She drafted really strong. She had a few really strong trades. I mean, just a, a truly, really respectable season by Anna as a manager and, and as players as as NFL producers, I mean, this is a this is a playoff worthy team, and it's it's not it's not fair that it won't be one of the elite eight stepping onto the field in week fourteen. But dwell football can can hold their head high. Well said, Jack. Well said. Another day in the office for Louis. Uh, mundane thirteen thousand and. Just solid all around. Lamar Jackson easily puts up 2,200 against one of the best defenses in the league. D.D. Westbrook with 1,842, although there's stuff to monitor there with Minshew becoming the quarterback again. He has been heavily favoring D.J. Chark historically, and uh, Westbrook has been Foles' guy. So, Although Westbrook did catch the touchdown from Minshew this week, so who knows how that'll turn out. Elliott, a great week. Jacobs, a fine week, didn't get in the end zone, but had 104 rushing yards. Mark Andrews, who 
I can guarantee you the seven other or six other teams, not Louie in this playoff besides you are still mad at you for giving him a really good tight end. And Dalvin Cook put up 1190 before he goes out. Jake, I did not see the play. I don't know if you have heard anything. I haven't been watching the game the last quarter and a half. So what did you see what kind of injury it was? Um, was it I, limping? Was it a lower leg? Was it a concussion? I've got absolutely nothing. It was some sort of a leg, I think. Uh, possibly an arm. Not a concussion. Um, he got sort of the, the, I think the pile fell on top of him. So it was a sure. mystery pile. Yeah, shoulder injury. So it was, like, it was a pile thing, I think. Um, we have we have an update that it was is indeed a shoulder injury. But as Jack said, hey, could be a leg, could be an arm. Um, yeah. Well, it's when you're in the pile. I mean, it's in that's on the body area. We know that much. Yeah, yeah um, I ruled out concussion, so that was very <laughs> that was very informative. You can't doctor, argue that. Doctor Jack has ruled out concussion. <laughs> yeah, breaking uh, news. It's not a concussion. Pittsburgh, another amazing week. Uh, I think, especially with what. Well, here we are again, j- jumping forward to the week fourteen analysis, but. Louis, his only concern right now is Dalvin Cook. Uh, that'll be the big thing to monitor, and I hope to God that he is healthy and playing for Louis in Week 14 because that would be just such a huge bummer for the injury, his first injury to be just before the playoffs start. Um, but yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna move on, and we'll we'll talk about Louis' team in a little bit. Kyle takes down Scott, 11,120 to Scott's 6,902. Scott still has Jason Myers going. But Jack, talk about falling ass backwards into a playoff spot. That is exactly what Scott has done this week. His 6,902 points because of Anna's loss secures him a spot in the playoffs. He is going to come in as the seven seed, setting up a date with cousin Dan next week. Jack, it's a bad week for both teams. Uh, Kyle playing Jimmy Garoppolo in Baltimore was one of the weirdest decisions I've ever seen. I'm not shocked at all. They'd only put up 910. Amari Cooper against Buffalo. Good week. 1250. Jarvis Landry remains solid. Zach Pascal or Pascal. Not really sure. 1440. A great stream by Kyle this week. Sony Michelle. Remains a problem uh, because Sony Michelle had 40 rushing yards in the first half, got the very first handoff on the Patriots' first play of the second half, ran it for five yards, and then Sony Michelle didn't touch the ball again. He was maybe on the field one or two more snaps after that. It was the James White show, and if the Patriots are going to be playing from behind, you're going to be seeing more of that. So it's just a matter of if you believe the Patriots are going to be ahead or behind in their next three matchups for whether or not Kyle should play Sony Michelle moving forward. Melvin Gordon and Austin Eckler keep getting it done, both over 1,000 again, 1,200 for Gordon, 1,470 for Eckler. Great tight end stream by Kyle, 1,640 from Gusecki. And then Thicken and Dallas get 900 and 800 respectively. I am not seeing a lot to be excited about right now with Kyle's team. And what's even more... I don't like the fact he's got Kareem Hunt with 1,500 and Darius Geis with 2,670 on his bench. Now, that's awesome to see. But now, Jack, you're talking about Kyle needing to decide on three running backs out of five good or solid options. 
And that's a scary prospect because there's almost no way you don't get that wrong, at least one of them, right? You're going to leave, chances are you're going to leave more points on the bench in at least one player on the bench yeah, outscoring I mean, someone you choose to start. To have. I disagree. I disagree. How do you get that right? How do you how do you make that decision? It's better to have to make a decision than to be scraping at, you know, rostering someone in that spot. Like, sure. I'd rather I'd rather have five options of what he has than choosing from the free agency pool. Sure. I'm just saying it's it's nerve wracking. Yeah. Look no further than Scott's team when you have to decide on who to play to tell well, you Scott's how wrong that can go. Terrible decisions. Um, <laughs> but I did want to update uh, for whatever it's worth. A guy I follow on Twitter, Pro Football Doc. He's Dr. David Chow. He used to be a NFL head team doctor for 17 plus years. And he's uh, a great Twitter follow. Highly recommend at Pro Football Doc. He's almost always right in his initial review of injuries. He says Dalvin Cooks does not. The video is like inconclusive because it doesn't have the best angle. But he says it's it doesn't seem like it's serious. It could just be a stinger where, uh, you know, he, it hurt his shoulder. But he's he's fine it it doesn't look like a long-term thing so that's at least optimistic uh an optimistic take from a well-informed person but who knows maybe it's serious but at least some initial knock on wood good news for for louis outlook of dalvin cook being out next week all right good stuff thank you for that update jack speaking of scott's decisions uh before that update he played nick Foles who fumbled twice and threw an interception before getting benched. Uh, we can make fun of him for that decision, but the truth is it was a good matchup against Tampa Bay. It might have been a little bit overthinking. I don't know. But, you know, he, he had Tom Brady in for hey, a second. bear down. He had Tom Brady in for a second, who that would have been a much better choice. Brady ended up with over 2,000, but Brady wasn't really trustworthy before this week. He had had a bunch of mediocre weeks in a row. Uh, I do like what Scott has done. He has picked up Kirk Cousins. Uh, he picked him up before this game started. I am assuming to play him next week against Detroit, which I would like that play. Jake, I literally laughed out loud when I saw that Scott had picked Sammy Watkins back up to play him. I, I could not believe it. Hey. I truly, truly couldn't believe ride it. Ride or die, you know? They stay on the ship. He's like the the guys who just stayed on the Titanic and just started playing violin. He just said, let's go down, you know? We've been <laughs> sinking all season long after what was that that one-week performance where you thought you were on the world's greatest ship. And yeah. ever since then, it started sinking in week three of the NFL season. So, I mean, the fact that Scott, to, to, like, he jumped off and then was like, you know what? Screw this. Wait a second. And then there's just water. <laughs> he was like, there's just water here. I'm going to climb back on the ship and grab a violin because I'm five and eight and I'm coasting into the playoffs. <laughs> Jack, uh, I heard a stat today, courtesy of the fantasy footballers. Sammy Watkins had 198 yards and three touchdowns in his first week. Since then... He has zero touchdowns and 340 receiving yards over the last, I think it was like nine games. So, yeah, 198 in one game and then 340 the rest of the season. It's been abysmal. Um, and I 
Got to assume Scott's not going to play him next week. Jack, you, th- you throw this week out if you're Scott. A nice game from Allen Robinson. That was pretty much it. Alvin Kamara continues to disappoint in a juicy, juicy, juicy matchup against Atlanta. He barely puts up a 1,000. Super concerning for Scott when you consider that Alvin Kamara is going up against San Francisco next week. One of the worst matchups you could have. Baltimore has been solid for him. So hopefully they can keep it going. Chris Godwin had a down week. Maybe that'll change next week. You know, he's been very up and down. You want to know what's sad? Obviously, every time we talk about Christian McCaffrey, I think about how I didn't draft him. And every time we talk about Saquon, I think about how I didn't draft Christian McCaffrey instead of Saquon. Mm -hmm. Every time you bring up Alvin Kamara, I think about how, wow, I can't believe I didn't draft Christian McCaffrey over Saquon Barkley. So it's just, I mean, it's... it's, It, now it's just tertiary players. I think it's just like anyone in like the first round. I'm like, man, huh? my first round pick. Yeah, I can't believe. <laughs> I just, I am like not yet recovered. Um, it's a really strong case study in, in the effect on a human being's mental psyche. Uh, the the power that fantasy football has to, to take an effect on, on the human psyche. So I'm just, whatever. Sorry. It's fine. <laughs> I start talking about the Packers left tackle, David Bakhtiari. Jack's singing to himself, damn, I wish I would have drafted Chris. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just, it's just, yeah. Anyone, you know, anyone who played in the Pac-12 in college, you know, anyone, you know, and yeah. Um, so, yeah, I um, will get to Scott's team again in the matchups. Bad week for him, but he, like I said, he really fell backwards into a playoff position. Uh yeah, when you put up 6,900 in a game that you have to view as a must-win, it's not great. Moving on to the last matchup of this week, Dan took down Dad 11,456 to Dad's 10,050. And we've got another team falling bass backwards into a playoff position. Scott and Dad both falling to 5-8. and eight. Due to Anna's loss to Louie, they will both, by default, have a playoff position they do not deserve one um but here we are Ten thousand from dad got a good week from Dak prescott decent week from michael gallup considering the matchup robert woods was awesome been seeing some good things for robert woods the last few weeks had 19 targets 13 catches 172 yards christian kirk was supremely disappointing you mentioned arizona being absolutely awful that was a big surprise marketing was 720 not that surprising against San Francisco. Devin Singletary has been awesome. Seventeen sixty. He has fully taken over that backfield. Good stuff for Dad. Kittle was abysmal. Two forty. Uh, Scarborough was fine with eighty three rushing yards. Maher was disappointing. Philadelphia was disappointing. I mean, Philadelphia. God, let's not go down that rabbit hole. But my God, the NFC North is terrible. Philadelphia was gifted a loss to the. Cowboys because of the Bills, and they could not take advantage of the situation and lost to the Dolphins. Jack, what do you see from, you want to go through Dan's team real quick? Uh, Just, I guess, what do you like from this week that uh, he can look forward to in the playoffs? It's an extremely respectable performance from Dan's team this week. I mean, I think his team put out a really solid product. I think anyone who disagrees is a hater. Um, Tyler Boyd, solid. DJ Moore, solid. Sterling Shepard, solid. I don't know how to feel about Le'Veon Bell. I mean, definitely with his draft stock, he's been a bust. 
but at the same time he he hasn't really i mean 870 is right there alongside his worst week of the year you know 810 830 and then 500 those are his worst weeks of the year so he's definitely not been the guy with only one week on the season being over 2000 i don't i'll be interested to see where he gets drafted next year um i'll be interested to see honestly what the jets do with him because there was talk about him being traded before the the trade deadline i don't know i'm interested in him but we've liked dan's team all year um we continue to like Dan's team. The Patriots have uh, a really strong matchup defensively in Week 15, but they got to get through the Chiefs. So I'll be interested. Dan's team—it's been riding on on Patriot performances all year. If he, if they, he can't get that from from the Pats, I don't know. I uh, I wouldn't be surprised if Dan gets upset in the first round of the playoffs. Okay. Well, I am going to disagree. Um, well, we're going to be disagreeing of... across the board. I think <laughs> I, just a spoiler alert. I'm going to be predicting a lot of upsets. Yeah. Yeah. As you would, because you are an underdog. Um, no, just I as suppose we might unbiased just... professional. I suppose we should start talking about these playoff matchups, Jack. Um, real quick, I wanted to give a shout out to your team. I know I give them. I know I give your guys a lot of crap. Joke about how you've had a terrible season, even though it's not a joke. Um, but your team has done something truly remarkable this year. Um, I mentioned Greg putting up a really good week this week, with on the back of James White's massive performance, and now tonight from Stefan Diggs for Greg, who has seven twenty. Um, Greg has overtaken you uh, for the season in points scored for his team making your seven and six roster the lowest scoring team in our entire league for the entire season jack and i'm not even joking that is an incredible accomplishment you scored less than the team in our league that is going to finish two and eleven. Hey, and at no point during the season did you think you were going to miss out on the playoffs. Hey, and you didn't miss out on the playoffs. I appreciate your praises. <clears throat> um, I mean, I'll leave it at that. I think it, it is a huge accomplishment, and I like the way you put it. And I think you know, no reason to to speak about it further. Yeah, that's good with me. Uh, okay, Jack, here are the standings. Uh, nothing will change in the last nine minutes of this. Honestly, dude, screw you. Okay. My team game was solid all year. Okay. You, you point to, to one statistic at the end of the season and act like you can call my team the worst. We played against our opponents. It's, it's a one-on-one sport. See, Jack, okay? This is why this is why you like the head to head change so much because yes. had we been had we been playing the other yes. way you would have been the last place team. Exactly. Anyway, Jack, standings as of right now. One seed goes to Louie. He finishes 12 and 1. Two seeds going to go to Dan 11 and 2. Three seed Tommy. If I can hold on, I will finish 9 and 4. Either way, I'm the three seed. Turd Ferguson, <laughs> Drew, finishes 8 and 5. Really respectable season for Drew. Kyle at 7 and 6 is the Five seed, Jack, 
is the sixth seed at seven and six. Scott is the seventh seed at five and eight, and Dad is the eighth seed at five and eight. So for those of you that need help, the playoff matchups coming up are going to be Louie Jr. versus Lou Sr. The one seed versus the eight seed. A battle you've got... of junior versus senior. <laughs> a tale as old as time. This is one for the storybooks, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, for sure. Then you've got Dan the Man going against Scott the Scott Trot. the Tot. Scott the Tot. Scott the Tot. Scott absolutely. The tot versus Dan the Man. Big guy versus little guy. Okay, Dan <laughs> the Macho. The the muscle man, the sort of just oozes testosterone. And then there's Scott, the little, oh, the little boy, the little fairy boy who prances and sings and dances. I mean, Scott's the best, but uh, they, it's it's really masculinity versus femininity in this matchup. <laughs> um, and, and I'm excited to see, you know, power against finesse. It'll be, it'll be interesting. Uh, what do you, also, this will sort of decide who who Aunt Nancy's favorite dinner guest is. Um, I know Scott lived out there uh, during his college years. Dan definitely has the advantage with, you know, living out there beyond his college years and before his college years. But I do think that Aunt Nancy quite enjoyed Scott as a dinner guest. So I've heard Scott say a few times, oh, I'm the best dinner guest. And Dan will chuckle back, no, I am. So I know that's some banter they have. But we'll see if that... uh, Dan... He does have a few more years of residency in Tucson than Scott does. Um, but I, it's, it's it's actually pretty close, closer than you would think. It's only like, you know, 4 to 20 or something like that. So, um, Fair estimation. No. No. 4 to okay. 30? I misspoke. I don't know. I misspoke when I said that Dan might get upset. I for, I didn't realize he was he was playing Scott. Um, of, course, <laughs> of course, Dan will win yes. that matchup. So then the three versus six matchup is going to be yours truly. The person who has been better than Jack at pretty much everything for years and years, fantasy football included. That should be a pretty interesting matchup, don't you think, Jack? You are not allowed (laughs) to phrase it like that. Uh. That is which, so which way? hurtful and cuts <laughs> cuts so deep. Okay. Oh, Tommy's better than you at everything. You know how much I've heard that my whole life? Jack, you will always have tennis. You will always have <coughs> And ping tennis. pong. Tennis and table tennis. Sure, sure. Every Honestly, every kind of tennis you have. Um, beach tennis, that's a big thing. Yeah. Um, tennis on clay. Water. Tennis on grass. Tennis, tennis although on I don't know, court. we've never played on grass or clay, so let's. Oh, that's, you know, I'd have we you. can't. I'd have you. Okay, and then the four versus five seed is going to be Drew versus Kyle. Jack, what I think we can do here is, since you're the underdog and I'm the overdog, I'll talk about the overdogs. You talk about the underdogs. Great. And we'll go through each matchup and 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 we'll make our predictions. Great. Let's start with. Um, uh, the most obvious to the least obvious. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, we already changed his team name to Go Junior, Go Senior. Um, impressive. Uh, Louis is live listening right now, I believe. Um, Jack, I do not see how Dad takes this from Louis, even if Dalvin Cook does not go. Um, 
Lamar Louis has so here's the thing about Louis's team. He's got pretty much I think one roster decision to make. Uh that's assuming if Dalvin Cook can play. So he's got guys that are locked in. He's playing Zeke Elliott, he's playing Josh Jacobs, and he's playing Dalvin Cook. If Dalvin Cook can play, he's got such a juicy matchup against Detroit. That's obviously going to be a big X factor. There's I think Dad has absolutely no shot if Dalvin Cook plays. The Cowboys should be running the ball through Zeke Elliott against a very beatable Chicago run defense, considering that Chicago's pass defense has been so good. I expect them to establish a run game. I expect good things from Zeke Elliott. Josh Jacobs has been super consistent for Louie, has a middle-of-the-road matchup against Tennessee, but as long as it can be a competitive game, Josh Jacobs should easily see 15 to 20 carries, and I like his chance to finally get into the end zone after not scoring the last few weeks. He's going to play Mark Andrews, and he's going to play Lamar Jackson. Now, it's a tough matchup, but Lamar Jackson is going to score 2,000, and he's probably going to score 2,000 pretty easily. Um, so maybe Louis doesn't get the 3,000-plus from Lamar Jackson that he wants, but Lamar Jackson is going to have a good game. And then Mark Andrews, you know, you're either going to see a few catches for not much yards or or you're going to see a few catches for not that many yards and also a touchdown. So that the only way Mark Andrews has a good week is if he scores a touchdown. Uh, I'm pretty confident in that. Um, so that that is one position I could see Dad having a decent advantage in is that tight end spot with him having Kittle. Uh, but Jack, it just you look at Louis's season and he has just been so consistent. And when one guy doesn't have a great game, he's got too much firepower to have a bad week. Louis's bad week this year, Jack, is like your is above your season average, I'm pretty sure. Um and it's also not as so much to do with Louis's team, but more so dad's team and the matchups he has that I have very little confidence in his team. What do you see over on Dad's side for this week fourteen? I'm curious. I'll just ask you this right off the bat. Do you think Dad will go with Dak Prescott against the Bears on Thursday night, or do you think he'll stream a quarterback? Man, what a tough call that is because Dak Prescott has had a few down games. But, I mean, Jake, you're talking about, I know it's on the road, but he did just face a better pass defense in Buffalo and put up 2370. That's the thing that makes it even harder is that he just played Buffalo last week, who's a very good defense, and and torched him. Uh, so it, it makes it very tempting. I don't know. At the same time, though, Thursday night game. Having having Prescott and Gallup in Chicago What's on a the short weather? week. What's the weather is, on Thursday in Chicago? I mean, it's very scary. It's, it's not. Yeah. I mean, it's not, it's not supposed to snow, but anyways, That'll be a big decision. I'll be interested to see what Dad does there. I don't feel great about playing Dak Prescott on Thursday in Chicago. I'll say that. If he chooses that option, I understand, but might want to stream someone. At the same time, you see a lot of red when it comes to Dad's matchups. Uh, Michael Gallup, obviously Dak's wide receiver. Bears are tough against wide receivers. Um, Bo Scarborough. Detroit's uh, new running back that dad was able to pick up on the waiver wire. Good pickup. 
but they're going up against the Minnesota defense, which is very good against the run this season. Same thing with Devin Singletary going up against Baltimore's defense. Very good against the run this season. So just you don't love those matchups. But at the same time, uh, you know, Mark Ingram, hey, he could have a big game. He's he's had a, a few games this season with a couple touchdowns. So he could he could put the team on his back. You got Robert Woods going up against the Seahawks. He's he's due for a touchdown. The dude hasn't had a touchdown the entire season, which is crazy. Um He's due for a touchdown. He could he could get a touchdown this week. And then you love Dad's defensive matchup, uh, whether he goes with the Jets against the Dolphins or the Eagles against the Giants. Either one of those seems like a dynamite matchup. So if Dad's going to have a chance against Louie, it'll be on the back of his defense and Mark Ingram um, and Robert Woods getting his first touchdown of the season. That's my bold prediction. Yeah, I'm going to push back a little bit on those that defensive take. While the matchups do scream amazing, Miami first were uh, first ranked and the Giants second ranked as far as allowing the most points to opposing defenses. Jake, look at the weeks that both of those teams just had, though. The Jets just lost to Cincinnati, only putting up 550 defensive points. And that Miami team that they're facing just shredded the Eagles. So Fitzpatrick at the helm for Miami is a much different beast than what the Dolphins were the first half of the season. And then Philadelphia, as I just mentioned, just got torched by Miami. So are they really going to be able to stop the Giants? I mean, I do think Fitzpatrick is a a better quarterback than Daniel Jones at, at their specific points in each of their careers. But I... Could they have great weeks? Yes. Will I be surprised if neither of those teams get over 1,000 for defensive fantasy points? I will not be shocked at all. Hey, Uh, totally fair. But still to my point, if that's the case, Dad's got no chance. He needs a monster defensive performance. Yep. Dad will need a monster defensive performance. Jake, what's interesting to me— I'm talking four grand. I I liked your Mark Ingram take. I think they will be running the ball a lot. Uh, a lot of option plays with Lamar Jackson and uh, Mark Ingram really flourishes in that role. So I see him having a good week. And like you said, if he gets a couple touchdowns, that's that's the icing on the cake. Uh, Devin Singletary, I think, could have a, a decent week against the Ravens. Uh, you saw the 49ers. Uh, Raheem Mostert just had a really good week against them. If Devin Singletary gets to work and remains involved in the passing game, uh, that matchup really no longer scares me. Uh, It scared me four weeks ago or five weeks ago when I traded Devin Singletary away, but I think he should be fine. Uh, And then Dad will have an interesting uh, flex decision to make because I don't know that you can confidently play Scarborough. It'll be interesting to see if James Conner plays. If he doesn't, uh, I kind of really like Benny Snell against Arizona Jake, he's gotten 16 carries last week and then 21 carries the week before, uh, scored in both games. So Yeah, I mean, Arizona's such a bad defense that, that you really do. That's a very, I wouldn't say in a normal week, but with, with Benny Snell going up against Arizona and Bo Scarborough going up against Minnesota, you, you might have to strongly consider that. And then, you know. Cole Beasley has actually been really good, and James Washington has, has been getting it done. Back-to-back big weeks from Cole Beasley and uh, back-to-back weeks from big weeks from James Washington. So really interesting flex decision there. Uh, outside of that, I don't really think he changes anything. 
aside from maybe he pivots from Prescott. Um, but I think he's still got he's got to play Gallup. He doesn't have a better choice, an option. Like Gallup gets the targets, um, and so we'll see. But yeah, it's he doesn't have any good matchups, any plus matchups other than the defense, and I really don't think either of those defenses are good. So the matchups I think are misleading, and for that reason, I think Louie should pretty easily take this one. All right, on to the next matchup. Yeah. So are you you calling Louis? I thought you were gonna do a bunch of upsets, but yeah, are no, you in, in agreement? One. All right, next matchup, Dan versus Scott. Okay, a couple of interesting things here for Dan's team, Jack. I hate that Drew Brees, for his sake, is going up against San Francisco this week. Um, it's I I don't I really have no idea how this game is gonna go. San Francisco's defense has been so good, and they didn't put up a lot of fantasy points this last week, but they were really good against the Ravens and were able to stop the Ravens in a way that no one else has probably since the Steelers many, many weeks ago in this season. So I don't know. I I could see a low scoring defensive battle in this Saints 49ers game. So I don't know. Maybe, I mean, Dan isn't one to pivot i think he's probably just going to stick with breeze but i'll be interested to see what he does there uh tyler boyd even though it's technically a bad matchup against cleveland i actually like him this week with andy dalton coming back tyler boyd has gotten into the end zone back-to-back weeks now uh so i think he can keep doing that and then dj moore in his matchup against atlanta dude dj moore is a blossoming star he has been fantastic he's got five straight weeks of over a thousand uh, back-to-back weeks of 28-40 and 17-60, and the matchup doesn't get much better than Atlanta. Sterling Shepard's interesting, if, especially if Golden Tate remains out. Sterling Shepard is a really good play on Monday night against Philadelphia's bad pass defense. And then, Jack, the matchups do not get much juicier than Leonard Fournette and Le'Veon Bell this week. Le'Veon Bell hasn't done it, but he should be able to shred the Dolphins, and Leonard Fournette should be able to shred the Chargers. So that that four-player stretch that I just mentioned, I think, could be really big for Dan. Uh, for similar reasons uh, with Jared Cook, as what I mentioned with Drew Brees, obviously playing San Francisco, I don't expect Jared Cook to do much, but I'm not sure you can pivot from him from the, at this point. He's got four straight weeks of over 1,000, and you can't deny his involvement in the offense, so I'm sure Dan will just stick with that. And then... Two pretty big massive X factors, I think, for this matchup is, one, if Cook doesn't play, oh my God, Alexander Madison is going to... If if Dan has Alexander Madison playing without Dalvin Cook, I, I, I would bet a lot of money that Dan will win this matchup against Scott because that is such a huge thing. Alexander Madison is great. The run game is great. Um, Jake... I mentioned Jamal Williams potentially being really good for Dan in the playoffs. And he goes from getting 26 carries last week to eight carries in a very small percentage of snaps. Uh, Kind of disappointing. I feel like when Mike McCarthy left Green Bay, he said with one... Wait, hold on. Did I say Jamal? I meant Jonathan. And I'm talking about the Colts running back. That one was my bad this week. Sure. Fair enough. Well, <clears throat> I did want to say, well, okay, never mind then. 
yeah, you don't, we don't need to talk about Mike McCarthy, dude. Okay. Uh, but I was just curious. Bitter about Mike McCarthy, Dan, huh? Dan, Dan, well, he's an absolute ass of a coach. Um, Family show. Jonathan Williams. Uh, yeah, dude. Can't, what can't the heck happened? You can't Naeem, blame him. Naeem Hines vultured a touchdown. Um, I. You can't play him? That's your call? Not against Tampa Bay's good run defense, no. Fair enough. I don't think so. Would you? Would you Not, play? No. I mean, no. So, then, if Thielen's not healthy and Dalvin Cook plays, uh, Dan's going to have a really interesting choice at his flex spot. And then what Scott really has going in his favor, however, is New England's matchup against Kansas City. Um, I could see Kansas City struggling against New England, especially considering New England just got embarrassed on national TV to the Texans. Uh, they just looked awful. Uh, and I'm ready for the is Tom, Tom Brady done takes to resurface because uh, um, he looked like trash for most of that hilarious? game. Uh yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm already hearing them. I mean, we've been we've been hearing them for a few weeks. It's yeah. it's gonna be so funny when the Patriots win again. It's gonna be so Here's, funny. I saw someone I follow on Twitter tweeted the other week. I'm already really angry about the Patriots beating the Ravens in the AFC Championship game. <laughs> oh yes, <laughs> Bill Belichick has something up his sleeve. You know he does. We'll see. After this last week, I am I'm skeptical, skeptical, especially That's if Baltimore exactly gets home field advantage. But anyway, uh, yeah, I, I think I think Dan's got much more firepower than Scott this week. Jack, talk to me about Scott's team because I looked at his matchups and I'm seeing a lot of red. Yeah, it's uh, it's bull season. It's bullfighting season, and I am a matador, and I am holding a red flag. And Scott's team is charging at me because Alvin Kamara, Niners, best run defense in the league. Terry McLaurin, Allen Robinson, Dallas and Green Bay, rever- <laughs> inverse respectively. I really delivered that well. So Allen Robinson, <laughs> against, uh, Allen Robinson against Dallas and, and what is his nickname? Terry McLaurin? Uh, F1 McLaurin. F1 McLaurin. There we go. Um, he's going against the Packers, so you really don't like either of those matchups. And then Hunter Henry going up against Jacksonville. I mean, tight end is tight end, so if if you yeah. can get a handful of catches, you're you're fine with that. The only good matchup is Adrian Peterson against the Packers. Who? Hey, I mean, AP just put up fifteen ninety against the Panthers, so that could. If uh, if Scott wants to win this, it, it could be on the back of old reliable Adrian Peterson. Who would have thought that? Yeah, see, when you make that statement, I don't really like Scott's odds. Um, <laughs> he could, hey, <laughs> he yeah, could, I mean, he no. could have a good game. No, but if Adrian no Peterson shot. does not get in the end zone, uh, that's going to be a disappointing start for Scott. He's got he's got no shot. I mean, he has no shot of beating Dan. Wow, Colin, your shot. What about what about the Kirk Cousins pickup? Now, I good like pick it up compared to Nick. It's Foles. a good pickup. <laughs> wow. Um, I don't. I, here's the thing: is it's a good matchup, and I like Kirk Cousins. He's a good quarterback. He's been great this year. I just part of me wonders, and I'm not. See, I'm going to say this now, and Scott's going to doubt himself, but 
at home against Detroit, against possibly Detroit's third-string quarterback, uh, could end up being a bit of a blowout if Minnesota's defense plays well, um, which would not lend itself well to a big, massive quarterback performance from Kirk Cousins, which is what I think Scott will need to contend with Dan. That and Godwin. He's going to need Godwin to be the 3,000-point Godwin. He's going to need Chris Godwin to be, oh, my God, Godwin. Chris, oh, my God, Godwin. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's true. He's the, he's the one wide receiver Scott can be optimistic to get a big performance from. Yep, and I think a big X factor is going to be Baltimore. It's in Buffalo, which doesn't help. This but... goes without saying, but, Tommy, can we both agree Scott, do not play Sammy Watkins against the Patriots. Here's the thing, Jack. I absolutely agree with that sentiment. He should not. He should drop Sammy Watkins. <laughs> he should drop Sammy Watkins right now. Yeah. Although I guess he can't because he played him. But this could be I, – I would laugh forever if Sammy Watkins had a good week against New England. <laughs> yeah, true. Great um, game. But yes, of course, you cannot play Sammy Watkins. He's not playing Latavius Murray. I don't think you can play Muhammad Sanu. Damian Williams probably isn't going to play. Um, so yeah, he's forced to play Terry McLaurin. That makes me want to vomit, uh, though I'm not sure he has a better option. I mean, he's got the big play potential, but dude, Haskins is not good. And it's been bad for Scary Terry, F1 McLaurin. Scary since Terry. Scary. So... I am going to go with Dan's team. I think, uh, you know, obviously we talk about anything can happen. And if there's a running back that could get it done against the 49ers defense, it is someone like Alvin Kamara. So he's got potential. Uh, Philip Lindsay, I think, could have a big day against Houston, uh, although he's been really disappointing since he was, quote unquote, supposed to get the majority of the carries uh, three straight weeks of under a thousand. So. Yeah, there's just not a lot of positives to look at right now for Scott, especially coming off this abysmal performance. Hopefully, for his sake and just for the sake of competitiveness, uh, his team can can surprise us. But yeah, there's not a lot to look at and love for Scott this week. That sums it up. All right, on to the next matchup. You, the so you're naturally you're gonna you're gonna pick Scott naturally? No, no, definitely Dan. <laughs> okay. Um, okay, here, we're going to switch this one up, actually, Jack, because we can't just talk about our teams. Um, that'd be ridiculous. You need to talk about mine and I need to talk about yours. Um, so why don't you go ahead and talk about my team first? You got a solid team. There's no denying that. But what you didn't do is plan for the playoffs. It's, it's, it's hilarious. People make this mistake every year. I plan for the playoffs, okay? You got a lot of yellow on your team, man. You you're uh you're speeding through a stoplight, aren't you? You're trying to. Hey, newsflash. I... <laughs> you're supposed to break. You're supposed to break when you see yellow, okay? Slow down there, fella. Slow down. Ease up. You'll be out after the first round. Here's my assessment. Mike Evans uh Mike Hoovens, he has fallen off, hasn't scored more than a thousand in four weeks. Sub one thousand his last three weeks. So 
Are you worried? I mean, you got to be worried about him, man. Going up against a, a you know, a middle of the road. Colts back. Colts secondary back. Team back stars. Um, Julian Edelman, Tommy, going up against the best pass defense. One of the best pass defenses you cannot, in the league. You cannot sit there and tell me Julian Edelman's matchup matters. Like, get out of here with this mediocrity. Oh. Julian Edelman going up against a bad pass defense is absolutely irrelevant. Hey, week four against Buffalo, 500 points, okay? Can you stop? Like, legitimately, can you stop? What has happened since week four? Can you please tell me his totals since week four? Go through all of them, please. 2100, 1580, 1096, 2350, 1190, 1240, 1330, 1890. But. Julian Edelman will not score less than 1,000. All right. All right. I thought I was looking at your team, but I guess you were looking at your team. No. If you're not going to look at it. You're right. You're right. You're right. But Julian Edelman scoring only 1,200, would you. You know, that might not get you the W. Mike Evans only scoring a thousand, that might not get you the W. I uh I'll take my chances against your Okay. Team. Christian McCaffrey, top <laughs> Atlanta defense, Tommy. <laughs> yeah. No, you're Dude. right. I mean there's there's guys on your team that are matchup proof, but that doesn't mean the matchup doesn't matter. Um I mean you can argue the matchup doesn't matter. Christian McCaffrey went up against one of the worst defenses and put up 1370 the week before he goes up the third best rush defense and puts up 2980. So, and then against San Francisco, he puts up 2550. So no, I'm not worried about a yellow matchup for Christian McCaffrey. I know. I know. I just want to say, I just want to say this is relevant to the podcast, but the Monday night football game just ended and the Vikings lost because with like two minutes and 30 seconds left, they had a fourth and three, and rather than going for it, they they were down by four points. They punted it, and they were like, we trust our defense. And shockingly, the Seahawks just got a couple first downs, and the game ended. So I just – it really grinds so, my gears. Coaches like Mike freaking Zimmer who just make the worst decisions all the time. Yeah, it's 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 – enrages me to know bill belichick would never do that and that's why bill belichick is a hall of fame coach yeah bill belichick would never do that who does that why do you do that what are like you're incompetent anyway uh, thank you for bringing that up because absolutely absolutely you have to go for that you don't like it's so easy for a good offensive team like seattle to pick up a couple cousins cannot get three yards we might as well punt it and give our defense a little more room to get a stop. Like, they have to get a stop anyways. Just go for it. If you don't right. get it, get a stop. Because you have to either way. Right. Right. Nope. You're right. You are absolutely right. I mean, it's just um, it's just like, eh, don't want to win. Punt. What? Yeah. Jake, I, I do, uh, while we're on this Monday night game, I do want to bring up, I am, I could not, could not be happier. Um... I, I benched Chris Carson because it was a it was a prove it game for me. Jack, he proved it. You want to talk about uh, Rashad Penny? That's fine. It's a great. You're, you're right. It's smart of you to have him as a handcuff. But Jack, Chris Carson got 23 carries for 102 yards and scored a touchdown. So 
I am playing Chris Carson next week with full confidence. And if you want to take the gamble and play Rashad Penny, please be my guest. I'm thinking about it. I mean, with the trash on your team, it might okay. be the best All option. Okay, all right, all right. Anywho, to, uh, what about Devontae Adams, Jack? Home matchup against Washington? Team. Yeah, I mean, dude, your team's good. <laughs> if I beat you, it'll be an atrocity, okay? <laughs> um, Thank you for saying that. Whatever, Finally. dude. Whatever, dude. No, but, I mean, yeah, you're, yeah, you have Christian McCaffrey. Your team should be my team. So, that's, that yeah, is of course your team's great. But should be your team because of one draft pick? I drafted Christian, I should have drafted Christian McCaffrey. Wow! And then <laughs> you sniped me on a few other guys. I said that during, yeah. during the draft live, because yeah. um, we yeah. had picks right next to each other. We did. We were two apart. So yeah, yeah. I sniped Mike Evans. I'm pretty sure I sniped uh, Julian Edelman as well. Uh, yeah. Jack. Big Q. Big question mark here is Miles Sanders at home against the Giants. It will not be good news for you if Jordan Howard does not play again. Uh, he's not looking like he's gonna. Yeah. Um. So you're talking about Christian McCaffrey. Minimum 20 touches. Chris Carson, 15 to 20 touches. Miles Sanders, if Jordan Howard doesn't play, minimum 15 touches. Three wide receivers that are getting double-digit targets pretty much every week. Okay, I thought I was supposed to be analyzing your team, dude. No, it's true. It's true. It's true. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I admit it. Your team is way better than mine. Um, I really do respect you for saying that. Finally, um, I and I'm I'm not gonna be I'm not gonna disrespect your team. You, I think you're gonna be surprised with what I have to say. Um, Waller, well, any thoughts on him? La- no, last, dude, who's been last... a juggernaut all season. Good for good for you on picking him up early. You didn't draft him, right? I, I. Right, I did not draft him, and I picked him up as soon as the Antonio Brown stuff happened. As soon as Antonio Brown was out of Oakland, I, I picked up Waller. Yeah, yeah, so um, great call by you. He's been solid for you. Um, with Renfro's injury, um, I think his target share is going to be back up, which sucks for Renfro that he punctured his lung, but one man's loss is another man's gain, and uh, Waller has more targets myself. because of that. Uh, last thing, Jack, before – I mean, we're not going to – discuss kickers because who gives a shit but i'm going to be playing green bay instead of san fran how do you feel about that i think it's a great call i mean san fran has an amazing defense but not against one of the best offenses in the nfl i definitely would put my money on a defense going up against dwayne haskins rather than drew Brees. cool yeah i uh you know i just i play you play for upside and like when when you do defense is there really a what are the chances the 49ers get a defensive touchdown versus the chances the Packers at home get a defensive touchdown against the likes of Dwayne Haskins? Yeah. So, um, Jack, your team, I think this upcoming week is going to heavily outscore your season average. Um, now, that's not going to be tough to do because last we checked, your season average was like hovering around 11,000, and I'm 
pretty sure it's still right around there. Uh, Ryan Tannehill. I'm assuming you're sticking with him, uh, even though he had a down week against Indy. Uh, you don't, you know, if you're not, uh, you don't have to tell me, but uh, that's my assumption. I definitely am. Uh, yeah, so it's a good matchup against Oakland. Um, you know, the one caveat is Derrick Henry. He's been running buck wild. If that continues and Tennessee's defense continues to play well, uh, with how bad Oakland has looked the last few weeks, um, it's interesting. I could, is it scare you a little bit that possibility of Tennessee just running away with it? Or you think in Oakland, you're confident that it's going to be a shootout? I am confident that Ryan Tannehill will get a serviceable amount of fantasy points. Um, Here is what I will tell you. He is has a very high need... floor because yeah. of his running. And yeah. I think even if they do get a lead, he'll still run and get me, you know, 2,000 points. Yeah. Here's what I was going to say is I think for you to have a shot at beating me, you're definitely going to need to win the quarterback battle. Um, I think that's, yeah, I mean, that'll be I'm going to need a lot of things to happen to beat you. I I need sure. I need sure. Saquon Barkley to fight yeah. through the bad matchup against the Eagles and be Saquon Barkley and get me 2,500 points. I need Saquon Barkley to score two touchdowns. Yeah, Saquon Barkley is going to be a big one. The specifically the point difference between Christian McCaffrey and Saquon Barkley, I think will be very telling. I need to uh, minimize that is what I'm saying. Yeah. Yes, for sure. Obviously I'm going to lose that, but if I don't Uh, minimize that gap, uh, who cares if I win the quarterback battle? You would assume, you would assume you'd lose that, but it's a, it's a scary, anytime Saquon Barkley steps on that football field, he's got a shot to do something special. I mean, he hasn't, he hasn't done it. He hasn't done it, but there's always that option, that possibility. The wide receivers, Jack, have been uh, have been great. A good matchup for Cortland Sutton. Um, really liked what I saw from your perspective. Uh, he had one of the best catches I've seen all year. That was nasty, that one-handed wasn't it? dive. I could not believe he caught it. What a snag! But with with their third string quarterback, what is his name, Drew Locke? Um, great stuff. Twenty-one forty. Hopefully. The two touchdowns this week, for your sake, don't result in a lack of touchdowns next week. Um, but here's here's my thought on all of your wide receivers. Because you got Robbie Anderson in a good matchup against Miami. And it's been really good weeks from him, back-to-back. Uh, and then Marvin Jones also has a great matchup against Minnesota, but could potentially have, again, the third-string quarterback. I don't know how to pronounce his last name. I don't know that anyone does. Blah, blah, blau. Um, I've heard it's blau. Okay. Blau. They're good matchups for all three of your wide receivers, but all three of them, we can all agree, all two of us here, there's there's risk every single week that they're not going to have a good week. Maybe less so for Cortland Sutton. Um his down weeks have been pr- pretty few and far between. Uh, most recently, the only in Buffalo was his only bad week. Um, yeah, I, but I, you're gonna I, need you're gonna need touchdowns from these guys. Uh, you know, getting 800, 900 points with no touchdowns is <clears throat> not going to do it for you. Yeah, no, I mean, I'm uh, I'm expecting 
a touchdown. I'm expecting everybody on my team to have, get a touchdown this week. That's the kind of week I'm wow. expecting. Yeah, yeah, I, I'll say it. Yeah. Wow. Uh, Joe Mixon, Jack, is very quietly putting up such a decent season for you. Uh, his ceiling is rather low. Um you know, his, his highest score this week is 1680. So really what you're hoping for is anywhere from a thousand to 1500 from him. Uh, I think you'll be pretty happy in that situation. We touched on Saquon Barkley. He's had one great week since he came back, uh, against Detroit, put up 24, 30, uh, outside of that, it's pretty middle of the road for him. Although he did look good in green Bay. If he had scored, it would have been a great week. I mean, he had 83, yards on the ground and 32 in the air getting 19 rushes and had seven targets and three catches so that kind of involvement is really awesome but you're gonna need Saquon Barkley to get in the end zone this week for sure um just just racking up the yardage will not do it Ryan Griffin you sticking with him or I mean Ryan Ryan Griffin you sticking with him Ryan (laughs) Griffin are you sticking sticking with him Ryan Middle Griffin. of the road matchup against Miami. Just sticking with him. I mean, back to back weeks of yeah, five, the tight end. I'm I guess no with reason him. to. Okay, uh, Keenan I'm, I'm Allen. Doing the Jets, now. the Jets receiving core stack: Robbie Anderson and Ryan Griffin. Yeah, God, if that helps beat me, I might just end things. Should I stream um, Sam Darnold? Honestly, go for it. Um. Keenan Allen now, Jack, really encouraging to see three great weeks. Yeah, let's not say great. Three serviceable weeks in a row, um, the three weeks before the playoffs. He's got 12, 67, 10, and 15, 80. Not the best matchup against Jacksonville. Um, I do worry a little bit that I worry the, Chargers, a bit. the Chargers will be able to take care of business on the ground. Jacksonville has looked so bad that... <clears throat> I wonder how much Keenan Allen's going to need to be involved. I can't talk so, to you about this, and we should we should move on from my team. But I am – it's a classic case of overthinking, but I'm considering not playing Keenan Allen for the first time all season just because if T.Y. Hilton's healthy or if Tyrell Williams, I just – I don't know. It's one of those gut feelings. It's one of those wow. gut feelings. Uh, but – but I we'll did not see. envy that decision. Jake, I think you can rest assured that I, I'm very sorry about this, but T.Y. Hilton's not going to play. Ugh, what a um, shame. Frank, you know what? Fr- Kyle the matchup me, against Tampa Bay. Kyle offered me a trade for T.Y. Hilton. I should have taken it. No Ugh. kidding. Ugh. Uh, T.Y. Frank Reich says he's hopeful that T.Y. Hilton will return this season. That's so. Right. That's I'm not really sure that, positive. I'm, I'm not sure that's that's good for his outlook this week. Um, that's extremely positive. Yeah, yeah. No. Um. Yeah, I don't know. <clears throat> Let's just Take move on from my team. But yeah, dude. The how about Houston though against Denver? That defensive matchup. Yeah. It. Um. I knew that's why you had picked up Houston. I mean, come on, I'm no slouch. I pay attention. I knew you weren't playing them for a ma- picking them up for a matchup against New England. Sure. Um, yeah, it's scary. It's scary because it's at home. They looked, even though they didn't have the fantasy output, their defense for the majority of that game shut New England down. And 
against a third-string quarterback on the road in his second start of his career, yeah, that's scary. If you get a massive week from your defense, your first successful defensive stream all year, um, that'll upset me. But yeah, that, that, that right there, I think defense and quarterback, you are going to need to outperform me significantly in those two for you to have a shot. But Jack, I like you. I think you have a good shot to exceed. I like you, dude. Thank you. (laughs) I really, no, I really like you. Seriously. I, hey Jack, (laughs) I like you. I, (laughs) Tommy, thank you. Let's, uh, let's pause. Forget this show. Forget fantasy football, dude. I like you too, man. Thank you for pausing and just having a moment of reflection there. Absolutely. Um, I like you, what I was going to say, to outscore your projection. I think you have a really good shot at reaching 13,000, um, which would be really – I would you would gain some respect points from me. And that puts – I feel pressure. I, I know I feel like my team is going to have to perform. They have more often than not. Again, my team averages around 13,700 points a week. For instance, you haven't scored 13,000 since week two. Um but I think you have a shot to. I really think you have a shot to this week. Hey, that means a lot, man. Moving on to the 4-5 matchup, the tightest matchup, Drew versus Kyle. Tommy, talk to me about Drew's team, and then I'll take down Kyle's team, and we'll uh, get the show on the road. Thanks for listening, everybody. Long episode today, but we're just super excited about the playoffs. Hope you are, too. Thanks for listening this whole season, and uh, it's crunch time, baby. Tommy, talk to me about handsome Drew's team. Crunch, crunch. Jack, this this matchup, this 4-5 matchup to me has the most intrigue. I am picking the 1-3 through three seed to, to win. Uh, and I'm guessing you're going to pick the 1-2 and 6 seed to win. Correct. Um, okay. This one is very interesting. I mentioned Drew's team is looking really good right now. Let me talk about the things that I like. Devontae Parker going up against the fifth worst defense against wide receivers just putting up 31 40 jack Devonte parker has been really really good he is a top 10 wide receiver since week six since the bye week and i really like him to have another good game against the jets Michael Thomas, I think this could be a game for him. I I would be shocked if he went crazy. I mean, he's he's been remarkable. A really strange down week against Atlanta. Only eight targets, six catches, 48 yards. But I, he could be used. I think he'll be used as a possession-wide receiver in this game. The Saints are going to have a hard time running the ball. The 49ers are a great defense. Drew Brees is going to need to throw to someone he can trust. And... Uh, so I, I would be surprised if, if Michael Thomas does not have a, a good game. Nothing crazy, but I think you safely can expect around 1,500 points from him. Calvin Ridley, I also love this week and this matchup for him. Uh, last time he played Carolina, he put up 24-30 on the road. They are 10th worst against opposing wide receivers. It's at home. It's a division game. Julio Jones might not play. To be honest, I don't know if that matters too much. I still like Calvin Ridley to have a good game. Derrick Henry. Jack, if Derrick Henry continues to do what he has done, uh, I think that'll be a big 
reason why Drew is able to take Kyle down this week. Um, Derrick Henry's just been so good, Jack. The last four weeks, listen to these last four weeks, 2340, 32-10, 2800-2210. He's had two bad weeks all year. Everything above that, everything outside of that has been above 1,000. It is a, it's not a tremendous matchup, but I think he should be able to run no problem on the Raiders. Uh, Kenyon Drake, I mean, you're playing him. He, he has taken over that job, RIP David Johnson. But if if Kenyon Drake is getting 15 touches, which he did against the Rams, I think you play him even in a down matchup. Uh, hopefully he gets some passing work against that Pittsburgh team, but he could struggle to find some points in that one. Travis Kelsey going up against New England is probably the worst matchup that Drew could have for Travis Kelsey. I know they're not the worst against tight end, but, I mean, Jack, what do the Patriots do? When when they face you, they take away your best options. It will not be Travis Kelsey beating them. I, I can almost guarantee that. They're going to take away Kelsey. They're going to try and take away Hill. Um, so I don't have high hopes that Travis Kelsey will have a big week. Um, so that's something Kyle can look forward to. And then you look at his flex spot, he's got a really tough decision to make because Will Fuller, if he's healthy, it's hard to bench him. His big playability is just second to none. And Curtis Samuel has a really good matchup against Atlanta coming off a week with a touchdown against Washington. So I think it'll be between those two guys. I mean, you can't play Gore. You're not going to play Breida in his first matchup back against the Saints. Um and I don't know why you would play Chris Conley. Uh, so, yeah. And I also do not like Chicago's matchup against Dallas. Uh, Chicago hasn't been amazing. They, since their bye week, their best defensive performance is 1250. So, I mean, I don't – Drew's played them all year. Not I don't. I would doubt he's going to pivot, but I don't really like the bottom half of Drew's roster. I do like the top half. Um I didn't really mention Matt Ryan, but I think he should be good for around 2,000. Um, what about Kyle's team? What do you see? This will be my second upset prediction of the week. I see Kyle's five-seed team taking down Drew's four-seed team with relative ease. <clears throat> Sony Michelle going up against Kansas City, worst run defense in the league. Melvin Gordon and Austin Eckler going up against Jacksonville, a surprisingly bad run defense, and those two guys have just been studly. Uh, one of the reasons I'm hesitant to play Keenan Allen because they the Chargers they've got two they've got two guys that they really lean heavily on, and Keenan Allen just has not. I don't know. I won't get into that. That's my team, but Kyle. He's just going to roll with those two. We've been questioning it, but I, I see him just rolling with those two. I don't know. We'll see. Maybe maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he'll pivot to Kareem Hunt or or Darius or <laughs> Darius. Uh Darius Geis. <laughs> Darius Geis. I was just trying to shorten it like Geis. Dice Geis. Um but man, just to reiterate, a shame that Austin Hooper is not available to Kyle. He was a big reason for Kyle's success this season. Kyle's going to have to be playing Mike uh, Gasecki, Miami, who's a, a good guy. You know, <laughs> I like him. Uh, but, <laughs> but uh, no, I mean, he's he's a talented tight end, but it's on the Dolphins, uh, not great offense. I mean, it's been 
<laughs> dynamite, but it's mainly been dynamite to Devontae Parker. Uh, but anyways, I really like Kyle's team because of those running backs. I think that's where he'll get a bulk of his points this week, and that's what will allow him uh, to have a monster performance. I also will see, I don't know if he'll pivot from Dallas against the Bears, but I actually like Dallas against the Bears. Um, I just think that Trubisky sucks, and Dallas is due is no. definitely due to get a few interceptions. Uh, so, you know. I don't know. I just, but we'll see. Maybe he'll pivot. Um, and then handsome Jimmy, I would assume he's playing him against the saints unless he pivots too. I don't know. I mean, what do you think? Do you think Kyle will pivot at, at defense and quarterback? If not, I'm, I'm pretty, I actually like both handsome Jimmy and Dallas this week, but do you think he should pivot? Um, I, you know how I feel about Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, I know. I know. I know you do. And you know how I feel. He's very handsome. Since their bye week, which was week four, so weeks five through 13, Jimmy Garoppolo has two acceptable fantasy weeks. They are both against Arizona, the worst defense against passing. Jimmy Garoppolo will not have a very good performance this week. I just don't see it. It just hasn't ever happened. Their defense is too good. He Their said running very game good, is though. too good. So he could have a good performance? He could. I could see him getting, I mean, what's 1,700, 1,800? I, I would bet he will not crack 2,000. Like, I just, I, I just think there's no way you have a massive game from him. Um, and if what you want is, you know, 1,500 points, Jimmy G's your guy. I strive for a little bit more at the quarterback position. Um, I doubt Kyle's going to pivot because he played Jimmy in Baltimore. So if he was going to pivot, why the H-E double hockey sticks are you playing Jimmy against Baltimore? So I would assume he's going to stick with it. But that matchup scares me because I th- I think there's a high possibility this be- this is a bigger defensive battle than maybe Kyle is thinking. Um Fair if, he played, if he played Jimmy, I would I would take Matt Ryan to win that quarterback matchup. Fair enough. Another matchup that scares me is Amari Cooper against the Bears. God. As, as well as Jarvis Landry against the Bengals. Not really, though. Uh, really just Amari Cooper against the Bears. Jarvis has been one of the biggest shocks of the season. Just a really solid wide receiver one for the Browns. So I, I don't worry about him. Cooper's been good, but... The Bears' defense is elite. The Bengals' defense is not. Uh, And on a Thursday night especially, I don't expect Cooper to get a lot of points, which that's what I'm saying. Kyle's going to have to win this matchup at the running back position. Yeah, I I would definitely agree with you there. He's going to need his running backs to be big. Uh, I just did not see big point totals coming really from anywhere else. Uh, If Julio Jones plays, obviously Kyle's going to play Julio Jones, and I would imagine he will not play Zach Paschal. Um I don't know, Jack. You mentioned Kansas City for Sony Michelle, and in theory, it is an amazing matchup. I don't know how you can trust Sony Michelle when if here here is the here's the truth, Jack. If New England is playing from behind in that game against Kansas City, Sony Michelle will not be on the field. And I don't know how you can start him. 
if that's going to be the case. You're banking on needing the Patriots to be in complete control of the game. And now, yes, it is the Patriots at home against Andy Reid, so that's entirely possible, but still a really scary prospect. Sony Michelle touched the ball one time last night in the second half. Once. Fair enough. Yeah, it's definitely it's in consideration for a pivot. I think that's a, um, that's a good thing to bring up. Yeah, and you talked about Kareem Hunt potentially being that pivot. It's uh, it's a decision I do not envy. We talked about it being, you talked about it being a, a, a good problem, considering the other possibilities of just having to choose from bad players or someone in free agency. So, nope, you're absolutely right. Kyle's going to need to win this at the running back slash flex spot because he will be playing three running backs. Um, and just wanted to mention, Austin Hooper did practice today, but I would still be surprised if he suited up uh, with that sprained MCL. So, uh, just to be a contrarian and to have different opinions, I will take Drew in this matchup over Kyle, uh, though I think this this matchup is the one that is most intriguing to me outside of my own because, of course, I'm most intrigued by my matchup. But uh, this is what I'll be looking at. I really – this could go either way. They, these right. both they've So that's, that's Tommy taking the one seed, the two seed – the three seed and the four seed. Yes. Shocking. Uh, that's uh, real original picks there, TJ. All right. And Jack, the real expert, taking the one seed, the two seed. Makes sense. I mean, those are locked and loaded. But here's where the real expertise comes in. Jack's actually going to select the six seed to take down the three seed. Tommy to be defeated by Jack. And then the five seed to take down the four seed. So two upsets in the first round is what expert Jack is predicting. Pretty crazy, pretty reckless, but you know, a lot of the time, I don't know. There's two, there's two different kind. There's two kinds of people in the world, you know, those who pick one, two, three, four, and those who do something else. So, Jack, I'm the type of guy that every single year in my March Madness bracket, I've got the one through four <laughs> seeds in the sweet sixteen. <laughs> <laughs> You know, it's one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four, one, two, three, five. There you go. It's like, yeah, no. you got to have that upset yeah. in there. Yeah, yeah. Maybe um, one other one. No, I, I, Jack, of course, here's the thing. Of course, I'm going to pick myself at the three seed. I think both Dad and, and Scott are extremely outmatched. And then I think Kyle versus Drew really is a coin flip. And I'm only picking Drew to go against you. Um, I will not be surprised if Kyle takes down Drew. But I, I think it's going to be a good matchup. All right, dude. Well, hour and a half episode. No regrets whatsoever. Absolutely not. You better have freaking listened to it, either at one speed, 1.5 speed, two point speed, three point speed, five point speed, five point speed, five point speed. Um, yeah. What? If you listen on uh, iTunes, SoundCloud, wherever you it's listen. Not, ew, we're not on SoundCloud anymore. Shoot. But if you listen on SoundCloud, Please let us know because we were unaware that we were posting the SoundCloud. Yeah, please report it because someone is is reposting our audio, which happens a lot because we have a lot it of It does. Um, uh, Jack, great episode. Yeah, really long, but you know we had to go in-depth on these playoff matchups. This is what the entire fantasy season is all about, people. It all comes down to these uh, weeks. Sorry to the four of you that didn't make it, uh, specifically Anna. Uh, really gut-wrenching. Uh, and, you know, it really sucks to not be in the fantasy playoffs. Um, but you guys fought well. You fought bravely. And uh, you will continue to fight in the 2020 season. Thanks for talking, Jack. I 
Okay, before we close this out, Jack, let's let's make a bet on our matchup. Let's make this interesting. What do you want to bet? Just pride? Whoever uh, whoever loses has to go on air next week and admit that the other is the better fantasy manager. Okay, absolutely. Uh, uh, and at least a uh, 90-second or more manifesto. Manifesto? About yeah, like what? A, a speech about how great the other brother is. Um, 90 seconds. Okay, sounds good. And actually what we'll do is, Justin, if I lose and I have to give that 90-second speech – uh, just clip that audio and I'll use those 90 seconds through the loudspeaker at Jack's wedding for my best man speech. <laughs> Perfect. Cool. Uh, send us off. Thanks for listening, everybody. What a joy it's been. Tommy, any last words? Let's talk fantasy football. Do no 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 no